Welcome back to the Football Front Podcast. Sorry again. Still haven't gotten the mic set back up. Um, But anyway, today we're going to be going over all the news of the last week, which has been a lot, surprisingly. Um, Tom Brady. He has officially retired. The GOAT of football has retired. Tom Brady, the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe he is 46 years old. Not positive on that. I'm trying to... So, um, obviously, he's won seven Super Bowls. He's appeared in 10. Um, I mean, last time he retired, it was only for about a month, but... This time, I've got a very good feeling that this is this is for sure. This is he's not coming back. This is this is it. He's done. He says that I we we all believe it. Twenty three years, seven Super Bowls, ten appearances. I think you know Tom Brady, easily best player of all time. I think everyone agrees with me for football. Um. I just want to applaud him on that career. Not that he will ever hear this. <laughs> um, so that's the first set of news. Second set of news. It's kind of funny now. Uh, Tyler Huntley. Um, Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, how did that happen? I. You're asking the wrong person. I mean, uh, I so how it first happened? I a bunch of people got injured, and Tyler Huntley ended up making the Pro Bowl somehow. That that was that's actually crazy. I did not believe that that would ever happen. Backup quarterback in the Pro Bowl. It's been a while since that happened. So that's just a little light, funny uh, headline there. Um, the Pro Bowl flag football game is at three o'clock today. In case you actually want to watch that thing. Um, next up, okay. Sean Payton's now the Broncos head coach. Will this improve uh, the lackluster Broncos? Will they get some offense? Will they generate, you know, playoff runs the next few years? Um, he signed a five-year contract. Um, so. You know, I think it's going to be tough. Peyton's got his work cut out for him. But if anyone's going to be able to turn around the Broncos, it's Sean Payton. Sean Payton, former head coach of the uh, Saints, known for his creative play calling, I'd say. Uh, he spent the past – he uh, didn't coach them last year, but the previous 15 seasons before that – he was the New Orleans Saints head coach, coach of the year in 2006. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see, um, how he does there, because he's gonna have to carry Russell Wilson back to being a superstar quarterback, because that he was not one last year. Russell Wilson was not a superstar quarterback last year. I think that's pretty obvious, and now that's Sean Payton's job to get him back to that level. I want to see how that quarterback coach relationship, because that's one of the most 
key things on a team is the good quarterback coach relationship. If that's good, which it needs to be, I think they can be a good team, but we don't know if it'll they'll have good chemistry. Next up uh, for head coach hiring, D'Amico Ryans, the former Texans linebacker and uh I believe 49ers defensive coordinator is now the Texans head coach. Um, let's see. This is the yes, yeah, Texans fourth coach in four seasons replaced replaced Lovey Smith, who got fired. So yeah, he's the in in since twenty twenty one he's been the 49ers defensive coordinator, and we all know how good that defense has been. So I think that's what the um, Texans are trying to capitalize on is the amazing, amazing defensive play calling of our guy D'Amico Ryans. So I'll be interested. It's not going to be a one-year thing, but it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out over the next probably three years. So that we'll have to look out for that. Now let's go over the um, previous week of football conference championships and then i'll preview the super bowl the best thing of the episode first up 49ers eagles that was ugly that was ugly for the 49ers absolutely horrible game for the 49ers but this is how the game went. San Francisco, they come in, they have a good chance to win. Not guarantee, but they're, they're playing because they have a chance. And Brock Purdy gets hurt. And then fourth quarterback of the year, John, Josh Johnson comes in. And then he gets hurt in the third quarter, and Purdy is forced to come back in on her elbow. And the game by then was already over. It was... Yeah, that was just an ugly game for the 49ers. Absolutely devastated by injuries in that game. Um, Let's see. So, Josh Johnson was their leading quarterback, 7 for 13, 74 yards. Brock Purdy, 4 for 4, 23 yards. Rushing, actually, Christian McCaffrey wasn't bad. Uh, 15 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. That one run was really nice for the touchdown. 23 yards, I think, for the touchdown. Actually, a pretty nice run. Compare that to Jalen Hurts, 15 to 25, 121 yards. Didn't have to do much passing, tell you that much. But on the ground, he was out. 11 carries, 39 yards and a touchdown. Um, Kenneth Gamewell had 14 carries, 48 yards. Miles Sanders, 11 carries, 42 yards and two touchdowns. Boston Scott, six carries, 21 yards and a touchdown. That's just a dynamic running game. When they got three running backs that consistently can get the ball and make moves with it and get touchdowns, and then a quarterback that can do the same, it's dangerous. San Francisco didn't have any receiving. Granted, they only threw the ball 18 times for 11 completions, but Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Brandon Ayuk were the only ones to catch a pass in the game. Debo Samuel leading the way with 33 yards on three receptions. Compared to Philadelphia, yeah, they only got their top receiver, two receptions, 36 yards. But they didn't need to do anything because that running game is insane. And so is that defense. That was a loud stadium. And that, oh, it's a great game. That was a great game for the Eagles. So now we'll move on to 
who the uh, Eagles will be playing because they are playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who won on a game-winning field goal from Harrison Butker. Um, that one was a really nice game. I loved it. On that hurt ankle, you could tell he was visibly in pain with that ankle, but he fought through. He played through the injury, and he was amazing. 29-43, to 43, 326 yards, and two touchdowns. Now the running game, though, that was not where it was needed to be. Now their team's running game was good, actually. Joe Burrow was the leading rusher for Cincinnati with 30 yards on four carries. And uh, Kansas City only got 42 total yards rushing, Pacheco having 26 of them. But the rushing game was there when it needed to be. Patrick Mahomes' scramble for the first down is all I need to say. That is all I need to say. And that makes the whole running game look so much better than it was because of that one scramble. Um, Valdez Scantling was phenomenal in that game. Six receptions, 116 yards. Touchdown, Kelsey, 78 yards. Touchdown, Pacheco out of the back, 59 yards. It's always solid. Compared to Cincinnati, uh, T. Higgins, six receptions, 83 yards. Touchdown, that's really good. DeMar Chase was also there with 75 yards. Now, one problem in this game right now is Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hardman are all banged up with injuries. That's not what they need. Plus, Patrick Mahomes, that is not what they need. Not at all. Um, Defensively, the Chiefs got five sacks compared to the Bengals. Three, those uh, sacks, one and a half from Frank Clark, two from Chris Jones, Half a sack from Willie Gay and one from George Carl Aftis. They got after Burrow pretty well. Six tackles for loss in total. Um, for the Bengals, their sacks came from Cam Sample, uh, Sam Hubbard, and uh, according to this team, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that is weird. To fix that ESPN. Um. Overall, though, the game-winning field goal wins it for the Chiefs, and they will be playing the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, a game that everyone's ready to see next Sunday. Who do I think is going to win? Well, ESPN's matchup predictor has it at 50-50. Yikes, that's uh, <laughs> it's kind of not going to help me make my prediction. But that's at 6.30 on Fox on the 12th, which is next Sunday. Um, let's look at the injuries right now. Legere Sneed, questionable. Juju, questionable. Kadarius Tony, questionable. Willie Gay, questionable. McCole Hardman is doubtful. I don't think he'll play. Compared to only the two injuries of the Eagles, well, I don't think that Josh Sills is an injury. That's about one's not an injury, I don't think. And then Aaron Sapas, who's on injury reserve. Um, so looking at the comparisons, Quarterback, I've got I gotta take Mahomes. He's been here. He's been to the Super Bowl. He can he can win this for the Chiefs. Jalen Hurts, it's his first real playoff run. Last year he made it to the wild card loss to Brady. I think he's he's a heck of a quarterback and he probably could win MVP. But I'm gonna take the guy that's been there, Patrick Mahomes. In the rushing game, Miles Sanders. Every day of the week over Isaiah Pacheco. 
But Isaiah Pacheco is not someone to underrate because he's pretty good himself. I'm not going to underrate Pacheco, but I'm taking Miles Sanders because he's also dynamic out of the back. Um, Receiving, I've got to go with the Eagles. They got A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, I believe Dallas Goddard as well. Like they they got a really good receiving core compared to Travis Kelsey being the main receiver, like main pass catcher for the Chiefs, and then Juju who's questionable, Kadarius Tony questionable without Michael Hardman. All of that's going to hurt the Chiefs in this game with the receivers not being at hundred percent. I think they'll be fine. It's going to be a close game. Um, offensive line got to go Eagles and defense. I got to go Eagles. Um, it makes it look. Like the Eagles are gonna outwardly win this game and kill them based off the comparison, but that's not what I think. I think the Chiefs will come in, they will go in my prediction, score prediction 30 to 28. Chiefs on top, 30 to 28. Chiefs on top. Um. Why do I think that? I think because, again, they've been there. Kelsey, Mahomes, they've been there. Hurts has not. Sanders has not. A.J. Brown has not. Devonta Smith has not. That offense is good, but it's not been in the Super Bowl. And I could see them getting off to a little slow start, and Patrick Mahomes will come out firing. But I think it all depends on how his ankle holds up. He's going to have two weeks to heal. He's week through that when I'm recording this. We'll see how he is. He's not on the injury report. And that's a good thing. Patrick Mahomes will be playing in this. And it is going to be an exciting game. I'm really excited to watch it. Now I'm going to go and do my rankings for the top 10 running backs. Starting off, I'm going to say some honorable mentions. Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne, Jaguars running back, rushed for over 1,000 yards, 1,108 to be exact, and five touchdowns. Out of the back, he also got 299 yards and uh, no touchdowns. But... It was so hard to keep him off this list. So these are now next four are people that I could have maybe thrown in at 10, but I'm not going to. Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Najeers. I'm pretty sure none of them got a thousand yards, but they were all in the upper 900s and then very solid receiving wise. But they just fell out of the uh, top fifth. Well, they're in the top. They fell out of the top 10. Um, At number 10 for my list, I have Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon got 799 rushing yards, and that doesn't sound great. He only played in 14 games, though. But out of the bat, he had 400 receiving yards and two touchdowns. You can't tell me that he is not a top-tier running back. When he's on, he's on. He gets uh, six touchdowns rushing as well on the year. It was a pretty solid year. We know what he can do, and I think he's a solid number 10. Number 10. At number 9, I have Dalvin Cook. I'm not going to say he fell off a little bit, but um, he kind of got overpowered by the fact that Justin Jefferson just took over the Minnesota offense. 1,136 yards rushing for Dalvin Cook for uh, eight touchdowns. Receiving also got 295 yards and two touchdowns. Overall, really good year. And honestly, he's kind of interchangeable with who I have next, who's Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, he only got 988 yards, and but he got nine touchdowns. 371 yards receiving and three touchdowns as well. 
the reason I have him higher, and even though he didn't have a thousand yards, is because he was so dynamic, and because to start the year he was not the feature back, Ezekiel Elliott was, but then he took over Zeke's job, and because of that, he didn't have that get the stats that he would have had if he you know was the feature back for the first three games. I I believe if he was the like the main guy all year, he could probably have. 1,200 yards or something like that rushing. Because he is a really, really phenomenal player. Really good. Really good player. At seven, I have Austin Eckler. Another just insanely good dual threat guy. 881 yards rushing only. But he got 13 touchdowns. 686 yards out of the back with five touchdowns. Well, the receiving. That's insane. Insane dual threat. And that's exactly what I'd like in my running back. Eckler is one of the best running, no, I keep saying quarterbacks, running backs in the world. Absolutely elite. In sixth, I have Miles Sanders. He's just been so dynamic for the Eagles this year. 1,236 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns. And then receiving, yes, he only had 78 receiving yards. And no touchdowns, but the he's he's been such a good rusher, especially in the playoffs. He's been really good for them in the playoffs. The Eagles. He's part of the reason they're here because he's been insane in the rushing game, and I think he might even get higher by next year. At five, I've got Josh Jacobs, another absolutely dynamic guy out of the back. One thousand six hundred and eight rushing yards with twelve touchdowns. And then 395 receiving yards with no touchdowns. But he's been absolutely dynamic for a lackluster Vegas team. The only reason they won a couple games, I'd say, I'd say that's why they only won, that, that that's why they won a few games as opposed to like zero. That's just my opinion, though. In at number four, I have Saquon Barkley. He absolutely started the season on fire. And he finished it a little cooled off, but he was still really good. He proved his durability. He had 1,312 yards rushing for 10 touchdowns. And out of the back, he was also pretty solid, 338 yards, no touchdowns. But I think if he can just keep staying healthy, he is going to be a top-tier running back again next year. I don't like to look too far into the future for running backs. That's because, well, they're running backs. In their prob- like the, the most replaceable position typically in football. So I don't want to look too far past next year for Saquon Barkley, but I think he definitely deserves that extension. Um, he's also part of the reason the Giants made it into the playoffs. And then three and at three, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is uh 1,429 yards rushing. Twelve no, not twelve. Hold on, I read that. I read that wrong. Thirteen touchdowns, three hundred and seventy-nine yards receiving, two, zero touchdowns. But he's been absolutely phenomenal, consistent. He's really consistent. If all running backs were as durable and as consistent as Derrick Henry, it'd be insane. It'd be crazy how, like, how durable. Like, if running backs were durable, they'd be absolute machines and just pumping out yards every single time. At number two, I have Christian McCaffrey. 
Christian McCaffrey, 234 attempts, 1,094 yards rushing. Keep in mind, half this was on a lackluster Panthers team. And then 707 yards receiving for four touchdowns there. That's insane. He also had 14 of his, uh, or eight touchdowns rushing, uh, four touchdowns rushing. So a total of 12 touchdowns and almost 2,000 scrimmage yards. This guy is crazy. He's insane. Now, now at number one, a little controversial, Nick Chubb. 1,448 yards rushing for 12 touchdowns, 194 yards receiving, and zero touchdowns. He's just an absolute tank. You can't stop the guy, kind of like Derrick Henry. And now you might be thinking, where's Jonathan Taylor? Where's Jonathan Taylor? There's a couple guys I left off intentionally, and Jonathan Taylor is one of them. He only had 861 yards rushing and 143 yards receiving. I know he only played in 11 games, but he just didn't look that great. And eh. I I chose. I mean, I could have put him in honorable mentions. I, I probably should have put him in honorable mentions, but we know what he can do. We'll see if he can bounce back next year. That's going to be interesting to watch. And I can't think of anyone else. No one else I, I would think deserved to be on this list. I mean, I'll I'll look. I don't think anyone did. Um, yeah, Aaron Jones was an honorable mention. Actually, Damian Pierce was really solid for Houston. I'll give him that, and so was Kenneth Walker. I'll give them a little honorable mention. Then the 900 yards there. But that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Sorry about the pretty eh audio, but it, it'll it be fine. We'll probably have it back soon. And check out my channel on YouTube. Leave a voice message. Uh, Check out my the channel on you know apple podcast spotify all that good stuff rate review subscribe like comment anything like that and i'll see you in the next one